Hey, what's up, guys? Back again here. This is Jay Ping with the North American Weed Tour podcast. We are on episode, uh, this is 12 of the North American Weed Tour. We have special guests today, Jenny Beth Dills. She's a can of boss lady. She's got her own consulting company. She's got a plethora of experiences throughout cannabis. I saw on your Instagram, you know, dedicated legal trapper now. I'm very much honored to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. So for everybody here watching that isn't familiar with Jenny Beth and her work or her experience, I would love it if you wouldn't mind kind of introducing yourself um, and just kind of talking a little bit about your background in cannabis, who you are, what you do. For sure. Yeah, so I started out on the traditional side growing in Georgia um, in 2012. I used my last harvest in Atlanta to move to Colorado. At that point, I got into things legally as a caregiver and then running operations and changing process for um, retail and cultivation and then extraction facilities. Okay. From there, I worked to take a couple of products to market, um, a few companies public, and to help produce some events like Indo Expo, which was amazing to work with. Um, Love Indo Expo. Then moved out here. Yeah, oh, such a great event. Such a great event. That was a really good, really I good only ever got event. to go to the Portland one. Okay, Portland was one of my favorite shows. It was smaller, but you got more business done. It was really, mm -hmm. and it was cool to spend some time in Portland. It was a great show. It's really, um, it's really different there in that market. That's for sure. It is, yeah. And so then I hosted Spanibus in 2019 and moved mm -hmm. to LA to start helping brands make the 215-64 transition. Um, so yeah. Very, very cool. Shout out to you for your work in helping build those brands and change a lot of people's lives in that space. That's a lot of hard work. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's dope. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of trials and tribulations to be here. It's not all success, glitz, and glamour. Once you get to LA, it ain't always as pretty as everybody seems, huh? No, it's not. No, it's not. Shit is predatory <laughs> out here, dog. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe we'll be able to dive into that as well in terms of the experience because, um, you know, coming from Georgia, Colorado, that's one hell of a story that I don't think I've heard anybody talk about before. It's one thing if you come from the world of music and you got, you know, you got Atlanta rappers, you got the, you know, big music community there in terms of like DJs and producers and stuff. But I don't think I've ever heard anybody tell me that they were growing harvests in Georgia before. So please <laughs> enlighten me about what that is like. <laughs> um. Well, much like anyone else in the industry, at some point you realize, hey, if I vertically integrate, I make more of the money. Um, <laughs> so then I started growing and I fucking fell in love with growing. It was this shit. And so I lived in this hood ass neighborhood in Decatur, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the cut, just like little cutty life. And um, yeah, that my spare bedroom was with plants and everyone else I could stick plants with plants. And <laughs> that's so <laughs> it was cool. fucking so dope. <laughs> so were you doing back then, you know, when you first started growing out, you know, obviously woman grower, super dope. Were you doing cuts, clones, you put some seeds in the ground, you buy some stuff from Cali or Colorado? How how does that how does your pheno hunt start happening? Seeds. Just seeds, dude. Um so we pulled seeds out of packs. Like if anything came seeded from Cali or Colorado or wherever, you know, we may have come from at that point in time. Yeah. Um Y'all, thank you for being less careful and not de-seeding those packs because thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Made a lot of people a lot of money having CD packs, huh? Appreciate you, dog. You just cut yourself <laughs> out, friends. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I'm so dead. One of, one of the funniest experiences in my cannabis career is I did a review last year, uh, the day before, maybe the day after my birthday or something, and uh, it was the Shrabinsky review. It had a seed in a pre-roll, and I smoked it in front of their store. And Blacklist, love it. Yeah, Blacklist reposted it the whole nine, right? Got the text from the brands, the DMs from all that, like, you know, we'll take care of you and all that. And it's funny because rumor came down through the grapevine that Mario had said, and now don't quote me on this because who knows whether it actually came out of his mouth or not, but that uh, he said, man, you, you should have kept that seat. You smoked $500. <laughs> Which you're, you got to think, those should have been some really good genetics I could have been growing, man. I said, I smoked that seed. Crazy, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, all you got was some pop rocks. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was that, those were the those were the days, man. Getting getting consistently CD packs. So <laughs> go from growing a little bit at home 
to then you start bossing up in that situation and then you go to Colorado. Do you are you going there as a medical patient? Are you going there to join the industry? Talk to me a little bit about that. So the goal was always to join the industry. It was also to blow houses out in Colorado. Um, <laughs> just to be fair, that's the industry as well. Because like, yeah, Cali had 215. Colorado also has a caregiver system, a really robust still caregiver system. And it makes fucking sense. And so at the time, you know, you could have different patients signed up at, under you and you you cultivate their plant count. Yeah. Um, and that leads to full basement, which is dope. Like, um, and then I kind of, once I got to Colorado, I got more interested in, because it wasn't just me. Like, I was there with some other people. Like, it was yeah. a few of us. But, like, yeah. um, I got kind of more interested in the genetic side. And so then I kind of wanted to dive a little deeper in that. And, yeah. Genetics, genetics, I think people will, you know, obviously people buy based on what they know and the strain familiarity, these effects that they say that they like, right? These terpene, terpene the buzzword of the decade, right? And right. I actually had a, a scientific person the other day with, you know, their master degrees and the biology and the lab science and stuff. And it's so much more than terpenes, it's the full cannabinoid profiles that matter. And so my question for you is when you go from growing at home and doing your thing and bag seeds and it's exciting and it's, I'm sure it's quality to some extent too, right? All these different various levels of quality that we know exist. Right. When you get to Colorado, you're all, you're a cannosaur. You're the early stages of your cannosaur career at this point. What are your thoughts on the quality of the weed there? So I will tell you for genetic production, Colorado is crushing right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I hear my DMs right now. Everybody's angry, I'm sure. But Cali has amazing weed. I fucking live in Cali for a reason. Colorado weed is always a little bit low-key dry because we still haven't nailed in that post-harvest. Yeah. Y'all don't yeah. listen and everybody wants to rush things to the store. So they spend all these months growing these beautiful, beautiful fucking plants. And then the people at the store are like, well, we need it now. So you wreck all that fucking quality. Um, but there are a lot of fire genetics coming out of Colorado. So at the mm -hmm. time... Um, you know, weed was, it wasn't all great. <laughs> Still yeah. not all great. Um, but there were definitely, um, Pink House was growing fire. Um, Jank by Pink, those are my peoples. They are forever growing fire and have been forever in, in Colorado. Um, also fire genetics from those guys. Yep. Um, there are a lot of people who are doing it right out there. So, and were from, from early on. Yeah, so I wanted to show me, love. I wanted from to show Georgia, love. I was like, men. shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Colorado, even with us, when you when you in our circles and stuff, Colorado's always slept on in terms of the overall quality. I think it's important for someone who physically lived there to actually shed light on what it's like. As a tourist, yeah. as someone who's visiting there, we get exhibit A, B, and C. You get 365 days a year, locals, the genetics. These are important aspects of the culture that people don't even think it's considered. They buy one eighth, right. they buy one ounce, and we're done, right? Right. And so, you know, in terms of when you were living there, could you talk to me a little bit about at least those early days of the cannabis industry? We're this is this is five and six years ago, correct? Yeah, this is when the West was wild in Colorado. Yeah, it was fucking dope. It was what is really, that? What I is that wild my, West? When, when someone says the wild West in Colorado, what is that, Jenny Beth? I mean, like we're talking about legal weed, right? But we know, like California's like, ah, oh, track and trace. It's hard to get this shit out the back door and sell it to somebody without a card or something. I bought my first fucking out. The day I moved to Colorado, I obviously didn't have any of my stuff for my card yet. I was just like, excuse me, guys, can I just, like, look at your shop? I don't have my card yet. I just moved here. And they're like, yeah, come on in. And I'm like, oh, this is dope. They're like, do you want anything? And sold me a fucking ounce and gave me a pipe to smoke it out of. So, you know, we were we weren't always like super ruled up. People realized early on, though, that once the regulations came and developed that you really have to adapt to that or they're going to come kick your fucking doors in and they're yeah. going to fucking fine you 40,000 fucking dollars or you're going to put you in handcuffs and take you to yeah, jail. Yeah, there was that dispensary chain that was known for the looping respect to that whole team for that era. I know that lawyers were guide, you know, advising one thing and this and the laws weren't written as clear, but I you know, it's it's it, that era, that time frame, people were it, things were being enforced. People at a were getting level. caked up, dude. People were getting yeah. caked up, and they were really fucking enjoying it. Yeah, people weren't they, paying their taxes. People were getting, you know what I mean? Like, it's, there's 
It was really the not wild my west circus, back not then. My monkey. Oh yeah, there, there was it was it was the wild west back then in terms of enforce and even still now here in California. Uh, I know you're, you know, in the compliance side of things, working in labs and different, you know, retail projects and all these kinds of different, you know, project uh, projects that you have. A lot of people like to cut corners. And this is where people like you come in to make sure they know the difference between what's really safe and what you kind of like think is right. safe. Right. Because you have to know that, you know, that, you know, you have to know where the legal, like all the legal regulations stand, not just the municipality, not just the state, not just whatever you're beholden to. And that area where those intersect is where you can safely fucking operate. Yeah, Period. absolutely. So, I mean, so, we know that it's hopefully with the DCC, it'll be a little easier, but yeah, the regulated side is fucking, it's different and it's not, I don't, I don't like it. It's, it's not as fun, but I'm really fucking happy to be here. So, you know what I mean? It's taken. It's taken a lot to be here, uh, Ike Man. The 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 number of stories and again the trials and tribulations that I hear when I talk to these growers. Now, on this, on a lot of podcasts, on a lot of people's shows, people love to talk about the positives. They like to talk about the horror shows. They're always looking for these viral moments of like, oh, I want to get you talking shit about this brand. I ain't interested in any of that other shit. I want to know the nitty gritty about what it's like to be successful in this industry. You're a strong, powerful woman in the space making moves. Talk to us about what you do to be successful. What is a day in the life of your hustle and what does it take to kill it in your world? Um, not a lot of sleep. <laughs> um, it takes, you have to work. You have to be able to like, I don't think I'm better than anybody, but I will outwork everybody. And it really takes that, like, not quit. Because, like, I've been knocked on my ass so many fucking times. I've been not paid out so many fucking times. And people are just like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> no. Um, and that fucking sucks. But at the what, end of what the do day, you, What I do you do? You got to go find that next client, right? Facts. You just have to keep pushing. And that's the whole thing. Like, if you don't love it, you'll fucking quit. Like, this has yeah. been, I started out at a facility that had had two pesticide seizures for Eagle 20, a medical facility in Colorado, right? And so I went in and was like changing their SOPs for the cultivation, switching things over at the store. Um, it was all fucking <coughs> not fun shit. I did a lot of it myself. People weren't always the nicest, but I fucking kept doing it. And it's like pushing through and they're still fucking open and they're still fucking rocking. And I think that's fucking amazing. Hell yeah. To be able to, to be yeah. able to help them overcome those struggles. Now, for those people who don't know what is Eagle 20, why is it good or bad in the industry? Why does that even matter to bring up? Eagle 20 is a, uh, a restricted pesticide. Um, what it does is it pretty much causes cancer. Um, so Eagle 20 is something that has been completely, completely banned. And we all used it at some point in time. Well, most of us. Because you just didn't, we didn't know. Like, we didn't fucking know at some point in time. But now we know. Um, and so during that transition time, when the regulations change, they don't give you a plant cycle to change things. They don't give you. So if I sprayed it, you know, at the beginning of this cycle, I'm fucked. Those plants have to go. Yeah, they wouldn't. The have, yeah. yeah. Had you, even if you would have gauged your harvest cycle incorrectly a year, two years out for legalization as it's rolling in, all of a sudden, what is legal is now illegal depending on the testing results. Right. So these guys got screwed twice. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, I don't really care how it happened, what you're thinking, whatever. Like it, you had to jump into kind of action and get things better because it's, yeah. at that point you have to clean the entire facility. Like you have to scrub it down because you still have a spray pattern and you still have cross contamination. So it has to be, it has to be taken care of at that point, but it was, um, it was not a fun job. I <laughs> can, I can only imagine your concern when you, when you go into some of these facilities and you start looking around, you start, you know, it's just, it's like walking in and you're the picky, heard the picky realtor, you know, after you hired the cleaners and it's like, huh? Hmm. Cause I know for me, when I go into these facilities and people think like, we've had people reschedule on us because they think their facilities isn't clean enough. It's not up to standard. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you keep that shit normally? 
What is this McDonald's? Like one minute it's okay because the commercial's on, the next minute you got dogs in your facility with, with, with cats and hair and stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's very interesting the inconsistencies that these people have, and then to see the decisions that make based on their mindset. And I think that's where something that I really respect, at least early on and how what we know each other is I think it's your ability to really dial people into what's important. We cut through a lot of the fat and a lot of the shit that people do emotionally or that they think they, they, they put this emotional attachment on shit. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm acknowledging it. None of that actually is going to play into your overall success. It's actually the wrong thing to do. And I think that's something that I really, uh, in the few conversations I've been in around you in some, some pretty powerful circles, I've heard those kinds of things. And it's like, no, nah, that's bullshit. Absolutely not. We would never do that. It's out of compliance, this and that. And to me, those are hard barriers that people develop to force their way to success. It's an yeah. automatic no, and this allows me to be successful, and this is why. And I think that's something that, to anybody watching this, you guys, you gotta go tap in with Jenny Beth on her Instagram. Where can people find you at real quick? We're not done with the episode, but where can people find you at? I know we, we've had a, a pretty solid number of viewers so far. Um, at Jenny BWSP on Instagram, and at kind underscore Tana on Instagram. Hell yeah. Everybody tap in, go give her a follow. Make sure y'all go engage with her content. Uh, ask her if it's okay in the comments to DM her with any questions and shit like that. Be respectful, man. People are valued on time. This is a professional. We want to make sure that you guys are not overwhelming her with bullshit. Be sure to go learn, look at the previous things, tap in. Now, uh, Jenny Beth, my next, my next few questions are going to be about your experience as a customer, right? You have a certain you, you, you're used to shopping in a certain way, in certain places, being treated a certain way, you have a certain level of expectations. When you as a woman go into a cannabis dispensary, talk to me a little bit about the usual experience you have, good, bad, and the ugly. What do you usually get in most places? Um, you know, I usually have people who want to help, who just genuinely want to help. Unfortunately, I usually also get people who just genuinely don't know, right? So... I think that's the biggest thing. I think people want to be, I'm sorry, let me get my dog. Mickey, chill with the bone, Bubba. <laughs> I always love when we have special guests. You know what I'm saying? We, all, we, we, always, get, we always get the special guests. Well, the what, what's dog. your dog's name and what kind of dog is it? His name's Mickey Hart. He's an Australian Shepherd. Oh. And that's his favorite cow leg ever. And he's, I hope y'all <laughs> can't hear him mention it. I feel like he's going crazy. It's okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, well, I mean, anyways, I think that we need to do a better job of educating our bud tenders in general, right? And I think I'll even go a step farther and say we as an industry historically have kind of done a really good job of miseducating the buying public. Mm -hmm. So we've made it harder for our bud tenders in that aspect as well. So I think that we need to realize that the, the lower level at the industry is our touch point, especially because we're so regulated on how we can and can't market, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, those patient appreciation days, those are important. The bud tender trainings are hugely important because most people do want to want to genuinely help and want to sell your brand the right way, which is if you have to be motivated by the sales portion, which you should also be because this still takes money and it's nice to make money. Um, yeah. That's how you get your sales. You pump it through the bud tender's favorite product, right? Yep, yep, yep. Got to keep the bud tender's from you know they shouldn't be hungry for product they should be well fed terps laced up and pockets laced up with you know i mean in my opinion in california anything goes in washington i can't give no gift cards out i can't go i can't go give out shirts and all that kind of stuff like it's a whole different world in these other states in terms of marketing all these rules is different and so right um man all right so you have you you have an experience where sometimes it's pretty good, it's consistent. Sometimes you get the ones where they know what they're doing. They've been in the game, right? They clearly, when they talk to you, you've been in the game. So it's like you're meeting someone you already know probably, right? And then you got these rookies, right? You got these people that just don't know. They're not invested in the game. So you work with retailers. You've got a couple different, uh, at least in the past. I don't know about currently, but I know you've had retail clients in the past. You've helped them with, go to uh, become significantly more successful than they were before. Um, right. When you're keying in on these bud tenders, on these trainings, um, what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions out there that you as a cannabis expert, someone who really knows what's going on in this world, what are some of those cannabis misconceptions that you can clear the air on here today? 
I mean, I don't know if I need to clear the air on it anymore, but like stop buying on THC percentage. Hey, golf clap, loud clap. <laughs> We're going to say it every time, all day, every day if we can. Yes. Um, Simple it as doesn't that. fucking matter. The entourage effect is how the plant was designed to fucking work. If it wasn't, it wouldn't fucking grow like that. So just there's that for you. But um, High THC is not everything. Please, everybody, all Canada's customers, stop buying just solely based on the fact on high THC. Right. Um, let's see. Um, oh, distillate carts coming in indica, sativa, or hybrid. They do not. That is the point of distillate. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else in it except for high THC, everybody. There may be a CBG cannabinoid in there occasionally or a THCV in there occasionally because of the occasionally like like we're talking less than 10 percent of companies doing anything like that but again most of the time they're not into sativa hybrid like she's saying they are botanically infused terpenes fruit plants right. and synthetic we do see synthetics out there yeah i mean that's the point of distillate it's it's distillation it's distillation it's literally distillation right so during that process you strip terpenes you strip everything and you can pull terpenes but distillate extracted terpenes are not my, uh, I don't think that's good. So, I don't know. I let's don't let's get a raise of hand from all the fans watching. How many of you guys like the taste of burnt popcorn? Uh, none. That's how many. Nobody's yeah. going to sit here and put their hands up on that. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I mean, if that's your, that's your business, run your business. You know, I've run distillate facilities as well. But, uh, yeah. I wouldn't smoke it. So there's that. So you, uh, we've smoked in some of the same circles. Big shout out to the, you know, the different events and the different cannabis communities that are a part of Los Angeles. A lot of people are very welcoming and opening yeah. to the building of the industry, building a community. Um, I want to see if I, I was watching uh, Drink Champs the other day and they had this section on it that, that inspired me about weed stuff. So I kind of want to do these like hot take questions where you pick and choose between a couple of things. We'll do some strains and some dabs. So you had to pick okay. between between rosin and live resin. Which one are you picking? Or live rosin, live resin. Which are you picking and why? Damn. <laughs> um, rosin. Okay. Which four years ago, I would have laughed at you if you told me that I would say that right now. Um, Everybody was going diamonds. There were diamonds, everything. Diamonds and stuff. Well, it was in Colorado, and diamonds, that's kind of where... That's where it started. So sorry, Callie, you guys didn't, but it's okay. Um, so yeah, I appreciate both and I'll tell you why. Hydrocarbon is amazing and that's how we can really dial things in scientifically for dosing and for looking at more medical-based products, right? You need a wider spectrum of things and being able to truly dial it in is possible because of um, hydrocarbon-based extraction, which is amazing. Yep. However, um, a few years ago, I started washing hash, and it was amazing, and the experience, I loved it, and I realized um, that, um, yeah, the art of making hash, I think Frenchie Cannoli puts it best, because it's an art, and it's the instant <coughs> pull, when you pull the bag, I'm like, oh, shit, and you yeah. just get all excited. Um, so <laughs> it's different than the whole science of cooking and the, the live resin, the BHO, and all that is different, you know? Yeah, and I will also say, in the past few years, rosin has gotten a lot better. Solventless in general has gotten a lot better. Shout, shout mm -hmm. out to like Cali Stripe, makes a fire rosin. Fucking obviously, Papa and Barclays crushes it. Um, Calia, fucking fire every yep. time. Yep. Um, third gen Moonshine Melts is amazing. Like Nicotine. Everything he makes. I have this fucking rosin cart that he gave me recently. Yep. Fucking fire. And we've advanced so much and gotten so much better and refined things and realized what are washers and what terps carry over in a solventless extraction process, right? Um, so I think that that's, that's why I choose rosin now because I just really, really enjoy the high. And I feel like if I pick hydrocarbon, then that means I can't have full melt anymore, which means I can't ro like roll hash bliss. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so then I got a good, I got another good question. So you picked rosin, okay? 
you and I are both familiar with all kinds of smoking devices, right? I know you know your smoking devices, right? Your dabs, your mm -hmm. e-rigs, your your nails. Oh, you know them all, right? Yeah. All right. So, if you had to pick any rosin that from California, because I can at least we we can think of the same brands, right? Whether it's Poplars or whoever it is, right? Pick pick any of those brands, and then you have to choose one of these rigs to do it. Okay. Dr. Dabber, Puffco, or the Carta, and why? Which one of those are you picking for your rosin and which brand of rosin? Um, so making me pick a brand of rosin is unfair, but okay. Um, the Calia <laughs> GMO slaps. The Calia GMO Ooh. is literally amazing. Yeah. Um, so shout out to them. I need okay. more of that actually. Um, and I'm a Puffco girl all the way. Okay, I get sure. so pissed at them, and whenever I go to take a dab with it and it's dead, I literally go, oh, Roger, and I cuss the owner. But, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, if it fucks up, they fix it. Like, their support program yeah. is actually pretty dope. Um, <laughs> their team is a bunch of great fucking people, and honestly, I feel like it's just the best functioning product for what I want to do with it. Perfect. Absolutely. Big shout out to Puffco. Big shout out to Calia and their GMO. I think it's, again, it's super important to get a perspective here of what is considered the best, the best to the people who are players in the industry in, in a big way. And so in terms of uh, like edibles, vaping, um, maybe some topicals or tinctures, do you also use other, those kinds of products in addition to, you know, I saw you smoke a joint, you take dabs. I do take dabs, I smoke joints, I smoke woods, um, I do edibles, okay. um, but my edible tolerance is schmeh. That's what um, I wanted to ask you about. You a big smoker. You, you, I know <laughs> you can dab. What's your edible tolerance like? Because mine, I'm 10 milligrams, I'm out, I go to bed. 20 milligrams? I don't know. A lot. So there was a point when I was eating Space Gems like every day, and I still eat them a lot, but then I realized that was like really high a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, they are amazing. They're 10 milligram um, ice water hash, though, and they're the only mm. ones that are fully ice water hash, which is really fucking difficult from a formula <laughs> standpoint, you guys. If you're not doing it, I get it. I can't express to you how fucking dope Wendy is and like how dope it is that she gets that formulary down. It's fucking hard. <laughs> So shout out to her. Yeah, big shout out to Wendy with Space Gems. I've had, uh, I was able to try her products, a few of those, the, the samples that night. Really delicious. And for me, again, 10 milligrams of normal distillate, it just gets me high enough to where I go to sleep. It's not necessarily a good sleep. It's not necessarily a certain kind of high. I'm just high enough to go to sleep. Yeah. Those edibles, strain specific, I was like, Way it was waves of a high for me, and to me, that's what cannabis. It's nice, right? Just, it's not what cannabis is all about, but it's part of the fun and part of the experiences that real weed will take you in waves. Yeah, she's the shit, dude. If you haven't tried Space Gems, you should try Space Gems. You got to try the gym juice. It's like that's the syrups, right? Okay, it's the syrups. Yeah, it's yeah. potent. The blackberry is everything in life. Put it in a Topo Chico and thank me later. I got that pro tip from uh. Taylor at the Emerald Cup. Shout out to her. Okay, but, so you um, mix in the mocktail. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, smoke more, drink less is a real thing, right? Like, yeah, I enjoy wine a lot, but I really fuck with weed heavy, and so it, sometimes I try to like switch out the two. So it's yeah. Cool. Now, without naming and the hash house different. Say that again. I just said in the hash house different with the edibles with the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a hash infused uh, syrup as well. Yeah. Whoa. Everything she does is ice water hash. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's going to be, I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah, she's dope. I love her. That's super <laughs> sick. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Do you know a couple places where people can find that around LA? Uh, yeah, I think you can get it at, um, at Oz, at Jason Beck's spot up the street. Hell yeah, um, that's, uh, that's West Hollywood, correct? Yeah, you can grab them at Ty's spot at the atrium. Um, check nice. those guys out. Big love to oh, the yeah. atrium. And big shout out to the uh, atrium over here doing big things in Woodland Hills, man. Yeah, Vinny, Ty, getting guys. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to those guys for sure. Hell yeah. Um, 
yeah. So, so okay. It's, uh, exciting. So edible wise, so you don't have a crazy like tolerance in terms of that, but you, and you really like the space gems. Um, when right. you when you were going through the medical era, do you let, let's throw back to some of those products that you remember? See, I, you close your eyes. Everybody has <laughs> horror stories from the medical days with edibles. And this is my favorite they tried thing. They to kill I, us, bro. I didn't get to experience that. I didn't get to experience that. So I I gotta hear about one or two. Come on. Um, I'll get you a thousand milligram bar first of all, and you can experience what we went through. Oh my um, god. See you in two days, pal. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So Chiba Chu did this thing called a decadose that I don't it's not even legal anymore. You can't put that much fucking THC in one bite that's like the size of like one of those little Hershey kiss. You know the little Hershey's bars that are kind of shaped like a treasure chest a little bit? The good yeah. ones, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was that big and that shit would fuck you up for fucking hours. You should not be able to have that much. Um, but there was, that was everybody's thing. And there was these cake pops that fucking slap. My dog ate one. I fucking, when I was running that dispensary that was attached to the facility in the Springs, um, my dog, well, one of our little wonderful employees had, um, not been able to get the battery changed in the automatic safe lock, right? Mm -hmm. the automatic floor safe with all of our retail jars of product. Cause it was deli style. Right. So they had to put the big jars up at night and it was, that's how we served. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so my safe is locked the next day when I get in there and he's destroyed the wire. So I have to call a locksmith. Then I realize I need a safe Smith. So they're going to have to drill through this thing. My dog's going to lose his shit. So I go and turn the car on for him. I leave in the parking lot in the back of my fucking car. Right. He's still in there. He's got his bone, the same fucking type of bone. He was stoked. Same dog, same bone. Same dog, same bone. So, <laughs> different bone. Slightly different bone, <laughs> but uh, same type. Yeah. Um, they don't last three years, unfortunately. No, but, yeah. <laughs> if they did, it'd be great. They fucking like 50 bucks. That shit would be a bone. That would be a dinosaur bone, for real. Facts, dude. Yeah, but so I come <laughs> back, and my dog is not in the back seat, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what the fuck? And I'm in the middle of moving. So I had like a laundry basket and like something else in the backseat of my car because like I had to go to work still. So he's in the back of the trunk, the hatch in the fucking laundry basket. And he looks at me like, like I've never seen him look at me like this before. He looks at me like, what the fuck, mom? And I look next to him and realize he'd eaten um, a 350 milligram mile high cake pop. The whole thing gone. Whole fucking cake popped off. Oh, wow. That's insane. That's not good. No. So uh, CBD isolate will bring them down a little bit, right? So like a good clean CBD isolate. So thank God I had access to that. And I'm dipping pizza crust in CBD isolate because he can't like, he's walking funny. He's like peeing himself. Like my guy is down bad. Like it was fucked up. I felt so sad for him. But like at the all, end of the day. No, not at all. He was just real high, dude. That's too bad. It was just, it was so sad. So I'm like laying on the floor. He has a bed in my office. I brought him back in there. He was laying on the floor with him. And he just freaked the fuck out. So the CBD isolate starts bringing him down pretty quickly. It didn't, like, it doesn't by any means make him not high. But it stopped him with the whole freaking out part. Like, he wasn't peeing himself. And he was just relaxing and, like, kind of laying there and riding with it. But... It was fucking miserable, and I know it was miserable because I know that feeling. Because the look that dog gave me, I know, like I, I felt that in my soul. Because um, some of those edibles were just—they're way too fucking much. Like they really yeah. just were. They were, like the thousand milligram bars were really a fucking lot. I ate a fucking banana pudding, thousand milligram bar for wow. four twenty one year. It was a really bad idea. What does that even feel like? What does a thousand milligrams of weed even feel like? Like alternate. So I got, I get a little nauseous when I get that fucking high. Like I feel like I'm going to puke and probably rightfully yeah. so, right? Same for me. Um, I've never taken a thousand. Really when I take like a hundred or 200 milligrams and I'm smoking, yeah, I'm, I'm ugh. It just, the worst part for me is just like, I just feel uncomfortable in my own body. 
right? Mm. And like I'm constantly talking myself down from a panic attack because I'm just too fucking high. Yeah. And I feel like it's gonna last forever, but that's because I know it's gonna last like two days. Wow. Damn, when you know you've got the anxiety of knowing there's 18 more hours, 32 more hours. Like, <laughs> right. oh man, that would be crazy. See, I've never been, I've never felt high like that before. I've the most I've ever done is maybe taken a 250 milligram tincture all at once because of a, uh, you know, uh, that I'll be, I'll, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I actually went through cannabis hormesis syndrome really bad for a number of years. I wasn't sure what, and like I smoke and I, I consume with the best of them now, but it's really a combination of poor diet and cannabis use that can really create poor situations, like like, like deathly situations. And uh, right. when I, I had a kidney stone attack, uh, I had a like, you know, dehydrated, you know, kind of nauseous. See, that's crazy. A, can I tell you? Yeah. I have an opinion on that stuff, right? Please, yeah. I think the cannabis highest Permesis syndrome is azadiractin poisoning. Azadiractin affects the insects that we're trying to kill with it, right? The same way as it affects you, right? Like it's the renal system. Um, and I really think that's a testament to the shit that we can't put on weed no more. You know what I mean? Or yeah, that we know about. Because like I don't discount people got really fucking sick and it was yeah. awful. And unfortunately, some of those products are the ones that people will still consider their cultivations organic because they're using it because it is natural. But it's not natural to be in, you know, combusted into the human body. Yeah. And there just, there, unfortunately, there just hasn't because it's not federally legal yet. The universities have had to really step out on a limb. Majority of them have had to be private universities for privately yeah. funded programs to in order to study cannabis. It's a really, really. Well, it's, a, um, it's illegal to do a clinical trial, to do an actual clinical trial on a federally prohibited substance, right? Yeah. So, like, even the trials that we did with UCAN were um, preclinical trials because that's the best you could do in the United States at the time. Yeah. All you can kind of hope to do with cannabis studies is kind of just hopefully you do something and it ends up happening, and then hopefully some press ends up happening so people can hear it. And that's really mm -hmm. how, like, any kind of science has really been able to get out there with the help of publications over the last few years. And it's really sad. It sucks. We need, we need more, we need more support from the government on that stuff. And that's where getting some more of the, uh, getting more and more people to just stay compliant and get over into this shit is ultimately going to swing things in our favor. Well, that's the deal. I mean, people have only a certain amount of time and I've been saying for about two and a half years now you have, so that'll tell you where you're on the cycle. You have about five years to build something that's either an acquirable asset or something that's going to sustain a federal transfer, right? Unless the legislation passes as written or as it was trying to be passed, which would have prohibited anybody with a state license right now from federal ownership, um, yeah. which is some bullshit. And if you notice, um, some people in the Bay stepped away from their license ownership, but that's okay. You can Google that information. I don't need to name names. Um, but I think that it's really, really disgusting when it's people within our industry that are kind of fighting us. Um, and betting against us. I think it's pretty shitty. Um, but yeah, I think that you want to be a part of this. You have to operate something that someone at a federal level can look at and say, this business model makes sense. Okay. I can understand this. Okay. These financials make fucking sense to me. Seems like maybe they have this running well enough to allow them to continue to run it. Right. Or they yeah. run it well enough that it's big enough that be goddamn if you're going to take it from them or shut it down because there are some facilities and there are some people that have like grinded it out and got to that fucking level. And I think that's the dopest part. Um, but it's, it, you have to make a choice and digging your fucking heels in and doing messy shit. Just like, it's not going to get you where you want to be in the next five years. It'll probably make you um, not a part of this industry anymore, or you'll be yeah. going to whatever the equivalent of Oklahoma is now. Oversaturated to some extent, unless you're extremely great at your craft, mm -hmm. which is hard. It's hard to get all of the things to be in your favor, uh, all the combinations. And there's a the place to come in, right? Like you just have to come in and be on your shit, and you have to come in. Like I think for the right reasons. I'm so sick of people coming in because they're like, "Oh, it's safe now. It's fucking not safe, dude. It's not safe." No. This girl told me she's like, "I want to like grow cannabis and be the shit." I'm like. 
That's it's not how any of this fucking works. No. She's well, like, if I grow, if I expire enough, people. One of my favorite thing is when the growers say, "Well, I grow, I grow fire weed." Oh man, all right, tell me more. Okay, cool. It looks great. A lot of weed looks great, right? There's a lot of good weed out there. We see it's it's better than it's ever been. If anything, right? Like. For real, there's some good weed out there. Yeah, really good fucking shout weed out to out the there. growers, man. Big shout out to all the growers out there, you know, yeah. and, the, and like all them people putting it on, doing good thing. I got, I didn't even tell you this. I got cream of the crop here right now. The I smoke cream of the crop. What are you getting? What are you smoking from cream of the crop? This is the OG OG Crasher. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I got it yesterday at Canasaurus Club in North Hollywood. Okay. okay. Yep. They nice. got a, they got a, they got a cool situation. What's your, what's your go-to store? I know you be, I know you working with, uh, with Oz over West Hollywood outside of, outside of shopping with, with the homies. When, what are some solid stores that you have been to? Um, HM's great. Anywhere, any state, anywhere, any state. Your season, oh, you've been, you've traveled. Okay. Um, Compassionate Heart, Ukiah, Red Door Remedies, um, and Cloverdale. Um, uh, kind Love in Colorado. Um, All Greens. All right. Pro tip. All Greens in Colorado. Um, fire. Fire, 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 fire. Um, okay. Four fires. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Four fires. Four fires. Well, their hash is also fire. Their fucking show rosin is amazing. It's really good. Okay. So, Damn. Um, All greens. Yes. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of, God, shit. The Bay by Best. Ugh. Not, not the best. That's not to be the best. Just some of your favorites. See, because this is the thing, right? All dispensaries are different, right? You can have. Oh, Lucy Sky is amazing. I fuck with them very heavily. They're in Colorado. They just, I've never had dispensaries be quite so nice to me. I actually really appreciate the fuck out of them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, I fuck with the artist tree really heavily. Um, okay. The artist tree in West Hollywood. Um, Kalma is dope. I fuck with Kalma. I love, they got to me, those big TVs, whenever you go, whenever it's a sports season, the energy in there is dope when the when the football's on, when the basketball's on, when when it when a pitch is happening in the baseball season, it's yes. so cool to be standing in there. It's like you're in the game. It's crazy. Yeah, no. The store is dope and I really appreciate them. They're always really great. They have a really good selection on the hash side too, which I appreciate. They do. One, 1, um when Frenchie passed, I was like, oh, let me run the comma because I know they got simple balls for me to roll a hash with. So also shout out to Frenchie. Rest in peace, bro. RIP to Frenchie, uh, man. It's a big win. Yeah. Crazy. I cannot tell you. What's, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember ever meeting him or introducing myself to him because – he always had so many people around him as a, you know, just friends, people that knew who he was, fans and things like that. But I was around him so many times and the, the energy, respect and love that you could feel. Everybody always, you know, talks a lot about the passion people have for the plant, right? But just like this guy had a love for humans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you could feel that energy yeah. in every conversation. And I was, I wouldn't ever, like I said, I never even got to have that interaction with him like that. Just being around people smoking all of his creations. Crazy. He was happy to see everyone. Like, yeah, I remember the yeah. first time I spoke to Tuka backstage and like, I think it was a high times event or something. It was just like the fucking coolest time. Like he was just the nicest. Um, and then I got to become pretty good friends with Leo and the other aficionado guys. And so it was aficionado French connection. So I'm sending all my love that way because I know it's, that's is a hard hit, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on a different question note, I am now vaping on some Demo Hemp Delta 8 THC. So this is an interesting topic, right? The whole Delta 8, whether it's legal in a state, illegal in a state, you can grow it in some states. It can't be even be sold in that. It's the most interesting shit show of whatever is going on in Delta 8 THC. Now, I'll be honest. <clears throat> I vape it a little bit here and there. 
I like the flavors. To me, it's another kind of cannabis experience. Um, I've had a bunch of gummies. I haven't had anything make me sick yet. I haven't had anything make me feel wavy, right? You know, people like you and I, we're smoking, we're dabbing, we're eating edibles here and there, we're drinking syrups. I had syrup the other night, shout out to Lime, um, you know, but I still can't understand the hype. So you, as another industry professional, please help me understand Delta 8 THC and your perspective on it as a whatever it is. Whatever it is, right? It's. I'm glad the CBD boys found another, another six months of product. I mean, I think that <laughs> developing if you're developing a Delta Eight brand right now, you just got your money took, friend, because like that window is closed. Um, and I just think like it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because like it's not the same thing. How do you feel? What's the experience you're having right now? I'm gonna be honest. Um... So I remember it's a cute pen, by the way. That's a cute pen. I like that. Yeah, I mean, so look, it's there. They just launched a new exotic line, so it's obviously you know Delta Eight distillate. Oh, Zaza. No, this is blue. It says Blue Raz, Blue Raz Crush. So, you know, again, I don't come from. I come from smoking cannabis. I'm not. A, I'm not a former cigarette smoker. I I smoked black and mild wine wood tips in college because you know a friend said they made it smarter for tests. One day it worked. What? Hey, science. What? Science. I right? used to smoke black and miles in the bathroom with my friend Jessica Chancy in college because we don't want anybody to see us smoking them, but we like just chief them down in the bathroom. Oh yeah, see, I, I, you know, the black, the, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, I never smoked the Stokes, but I definitely had a had a year or so of smoking the black and miles, and then I got real heavy into weed, and then it was Swishers for a long time, and so for me, I never got into vaping until I became a bud tender and started getting vaping samples and trying different stuff and you know maintaining the quality of my high is how i always put it i wanted to maintain okay. my high keep it going right and then uh but i because i'm not a smoker i never got into the nicotine i'm not really an energy drink person i never got into nicotine vapes or any of the jewel stuff or any of the fun colorful cutesy green shit minty stuff whatever it is right so <laughs> I, I don't know I, to me this mm -hmm. isn't made for me because we're smokers right am i wrong on that right okay I mean, okay, so you just described my nicotine vape, but I'm like quitting cigarettes. So like my nicotine vape, it's like, I'm like now looking for it because you talked about it. But like, um, Here, I, I think this. I still don't like those pens. Yeah, you can have that. I still don't <laughs> like those kind of, those Delta 8 pens. Like I hit one one time to be courteous and I wish I hadn't. What, like, what, was, the, what was the issue on the one? You, like, you don't have to name any brands, but what was the issue on the one you have? Because this to me, this tastes like everyone, all the weed industry brands with their uh, THC vapes and their botanical terps. This tastes just like all the, you know, the, the, the terpene stuff, just like that, the botanical terps stuff. That's like that. exactly what it is. It tastes like a nasty yeah. disty cart, dude. But there, is a, but there is a levels of quality. They're not all on the horrific side. There is levels That's to That's true, but they all give me a headache. Interesting. Okay. So do you feel yeah. that that's because of the disty or is it the hardware or is it a combination of the two? I think it's, I just, I think it's probably the botanical terpenes. Or the bot and I didn't even mention the botanical terpenes the is the ratios issue, right? ratios maybe too, right? Okay. I think some of those are really over-ratioed with the terpenes because they don't know how to stabilize their vape, right? So they're dealing with a viscosity issue and they're just pouring and figuring it out. And I, I get it, R&D's hard, but like, it just doesn't hit for me. And no. I do like my little, I don't always even like the nicotine ones. They give me a headache sometimes too, but I'm, it's better than smoking cigarettes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's probably because it does it with both of that. I bet that's botanical terpenes too. I'm sure. So yeah. it's probably the terpene. The terpene too. So that's even, you know, so that's interesting. Now, obviously when it comes to then your terpene preference, obviously strain specific, you already mentioned different types of rosin, the hash rosins, the live rosins, all the different types of rosins that are out there. Um, we actually pressed our outdoor weed from the summer. Um, last, like last summer we pressed that in the spring cause we didn't know what else to do with it. And that still dabbled and smelled and tasted like blue dream. It's crazy how eight month old weed or nine month old weed can still taste exactly like a blueberry in the rosin world. Uh, right temperatures, yeah. right heat. It's really cool how that works. The weed would have been gross to smoke. Turning it into a dab made the experience so refreshing. 
so refreshing. It was so wild how that worked. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's important, right? And a lot of times we can't, especially with hydrocarbon side, um, mm -hmm. distillates remediation, so that's necessary. Some people just fuck their shit up. And <laughs> quite frankly, that's what it has to do, right? Like it has to be stripped down that much and then it would have rebuild it back, that's cool. But um, that's also important for things like topicals and yeah. you know, some edibles. and everybody's using it for edibles honestly um but it's because it's so precise so for dosage it makes dosing easy um we think of it as is shit and at the end of the day from a connoisseur standpoint it definitely is but from a medicinal standpoint it's kind of necessary to mm -hmm. dial some things in so man it, it, it's it's a it's a balance right it, the, the the disty the quality sourcing material that's dedicated for that stuff and then the the, the terpenes uh, being botanical synthetic fake luckily these aren't giving me a headache i'm just going to try this other one real quick i do try to re review a little bit of product here and there when i'm on the show yeah these taste like fun flavored vapes i don't have a problem with it they don't give they're not giving me a headache yet um the gummies of Demo have been good I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll report back to you about how I feel on this because I have smoked. I did take this tincture. There's a lot of weed in me, but I already know what all this other stuff feels like. You know what I mean? So anything different from that, if I feel a little bit wavy at all, like people always use that word with Delta 8 too. Have you ever felt that quote unquote Delta 8 waviness? No, I didn't feel a wavy feeling. I just yeah, felt see, like, I don't even know what that means. Just That's I it. don't either. Like wavy, did they just get maybe that's who's described that? Who used that as their marketing trigger? You know, you know what's interesting is honestly, people people that I've met that said it like that were honestly from the states that didn't have weed like us. You know, whether it's okay. Washington, Colorado, for the most part, I feel like the most of people, and I think this is pretty obvious to some extent, but it's THC in in states where weed isn't legal, and right. that's where it's kind of become big now. Uh, let's go ahead and transition away from the Delta 8. I'm glad I got to hear your perspective on that and because it's important that people understand either enjoying it, you know, the experience, and then also a little bit of like some insights behind it. Now, you okay. are... To be fair, I'm biased because I feel like the hemp side of things with the Delta 8 stuff and pushing that has pushed limits, which are making the regulations that are already difficult more difficult. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just like, let's not make the waters that are muddy any more muddy. And make yeah, places yeah. that feel like we're already pushing it think we're pushing it more. So that's just my, kind of my disclaimer with the frustration on it. But. No, that's important. Yeah. That's important. That context is super important because it's, you know there's a reason behind why you feel that way about Delta in the in the CBD world. Uh, and this and again, this kind of leads me to uh, the consulting side of things. Uh, you have your own consulting uh, firm. You do a number of things uh, with that. Like I mentioned earlier, the metric, the compliance, helping people grow and scale their businesses. And then you're also the host of her her story, right? The show. Oh, looks like we lost it for a half a second, y'all. Um, well, give me one moment here. Let me go ahead and uh, roll up some more weed, then, shall we? Appreciate you guys. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. I'm stoned. She's obviously stoned. Oh, we're gonna do this one over here instead. Look at this. Woo! Go do a little bit of this lemon pepper. Do a little bit of lemon pepper. See what we're working with. Oh yeah, check this out, you guys. Looking really good right there. All right, the lemon pepper review coming in hot. We're gonna do a little bowl of this real quick. I've got this brand new pinch spoon from, from Grab Glass. I saved it just for this episode. I was hoping that I was going to have time to do this. This gives me the perfect opportunity to smoke it. Oh, look at this little, look at this little, look at this little spoon pipe, y'all. Look at this little guy. Nice. Beautiful. Okay. Here we go. I like the mouthpiece on this. Look at that mouthpiece. Slender and tip so you get less Scooby Snacks going through. That's really important. The, the super slender, narrow 
um, I'll call it a neck. Also doesn't allow for much Scooby Snacks to go through at all. It should really just be smoke until it gets resined up, in which case you got to just clean that shit anyways. So let me tap in real quick. All right. Bam, bam, bam. Let's see what the smell is like. Damn, the smell is definitely lemony and like this beta caryophylline is crazy. It's like a it's like a GMO cross with like a lemon, like almost like a lemon cake. All right, here we go. Really appreciate you guys hanging out, man. J Ping here, respect my region. Uh, we're on episode twelve of the North American Weed Tour. We just had special guest Jenny Beth on the episode. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, if she doesn't, if she's not able to come back, big shout out to Jenny Beth for being on. We got a lot of really good insights. Some of my favorite uh, information that she shared today was, uh, oh, here we go. We're bringing her back. Big shout out. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Sorry, guys. No, no, you're all good. You're all good. And I was able to literally load a bowl in my little custom grab spoon. Look at this little guy. Oh, that's dope. So got to catch back up. I don't remember. I don't remember where we were at. But I was just starting to talk about, um, let's see, it was Kind Consulting and her story. I want to hear a little bit uh, more info about uh, what you do as a consultant, with the kinds of companies that you help, and what you what what some of the things that you're passionate about. What kind of projects you want to work on? You know. Um. So I do everything from licensing to regulatory compliance oversight. Um. And I'll do sales structuring, um, consulting. So I'll do everything from getting your license, overseeing the build out, making sure you get through the regulatory hoops through that portion, um, and then getting things in place to run an operationally compliant and productive business. Um, and I'm just passionate about revenue generation and getting people to their goals and getting people to the next level. Um, and I've been fortunate to work in many aspects of many companies in this industry. And so uh, having those different experiences gives me kind of a different operational path with some things. Um, so my mantra is just basically mm -hmm. profitability through process. So I love working with cultivations. I love working with distros. Um, I love problem solving. I love getting people to that next mark. Um, and compliance is really important. People get kind of pissed off at me because I'm pretty firm about it sometimes. Um, but there are reasons, right? Like who gives a fuck if you build something amazing, if you lose it over doing some dumb shit. Yeah. Overnight, overnight or over 90 days because you didn't tell nobody and you were doing some shit behind people's back. Mm -hmm. That's some shit I'd be hearing about is people be having all this extra time. Like, 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 like they're so like, they're not, like they're not busy enough. Right. Like they're not putting their whole effort into the right projects, right. you know? So that's very interesting. That's very interesting to hear that those are some of the key focuses for you uh, on the consulting side of things. Now, in terms of some of the projects that you like to work on, you're, you know, you mentioned that you really like helping people build, uh, you know, revenue, become profitable. You took, uh, <coughs> what was it? You took one or two companies, you helped them go public, correct? Um, Could you talk a little bit about that process? So small bit. Um, I will say that it was. You don't have to name no. Do you don't have to name the company? It was an interesting process, um, and working within that and signing some of the things that we had to sign is very interesting. And that company was a really cool opportunity. Um, some really great stuff was done, but at the end of the day, when things get kind of big, they get kind of out of pocket. Um, and when there are shareholders yep. involved. Um, it's always interesting how things operate, right? There's just a lot going on at the end of the day when things are at that yeah. level and it's always high, very high level, right? I have so much respect for those guys and all the work that they did. And it was so great to get to, um, be a part of that team for a bit. So it was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And not everybody likes you now, when you take it, it to that level in this industry, by the way. In fact, a lot of people really hate you at that point. Of course, you know, when, when it comes to the different levels of success, there are certain people in the world that are going to gravitate and become inspired. There's other people that are always going to be taking it down. To me, you know, my mentors, as well as other people that I've come from, 
I'm also one of these people in cannabis that is, you know, now I am who I am and I've been able to build and serve the community for a number of years from the bottom up as a bud tender. But I'm a college graduate that didn't sell weed, that didn't grow weed, that was a customer that only discovered it because someone told me like, yo, you're sick, you know? I didn't come from doing it in high school and all that shit. I was really getting the shit beat out of me in high school by my parents, you know, by my dad and shit. So this is a whole different upcoming upbringing for a lot of people. Right. And it was, it wasn't. And then what's, what's interesting for me, and this is kind of like the little sob story that I have, but like, if I didn't, if like after I got let go by Microsoft, you know, I'm using cannabis the whole time I'm working for Microsoft. They don't drug test for people and stuff like that, at least from what I know. And 18 months with that, and then I would have had to go back to just like this regular retail, Ross, JCPenney, like just a regular world, $15, $17 an hour, whatever world life, like, you know, maybe insurance, Risa, I don't even know. It's just some regular world stuff. Right. If it wasn't for cannabis, I don't know where I would have been. You know, my skills weren't good enough for the regular world. My degree wasn't enough. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, my mom and I suffer from the same kind of like internal situation for us and cannabis specifically RSO and, you know, one-to-ones and things like that really do a lot of magic. Um, smoking honestly for me is more of a recreational experience right. uh, unless I'm microdosing for nausea or to go eat or something like that. Uh, I use a lot of the other product, like you mentioned, we use a lot of different products, right? Uh, I use a lot of different products for a lot of scenarios. Um, and now the last, for you, the last thing that I kind of wanted to ask you about is can you shed some light on what you do with your show, her story? Yeah, so her story is something that started in January of this year um, mm -hmm. because I'd gone on a show with someone else and actually brought them on with me because like I was doing a dope ass project with them and I wanted to talk about it. And the dude fanboys out over the guy, right? And she's fucking like barely speaks to me. And I'm like, this is a fucking interview, dude. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, this happens so much as a fucking chick in this industry. But not everybody, you know what I mean? There's so many people who are so dope. And like, shout out to all my, my guy friends in this industry, because like, if it wasn't for the fucking boys club, like those are the guys that fucking empowered me and taught me and like looked out for me and mentored me, you know what I mean? So like, I'm not mm -hmm. shitting on guys. Um, but there are a lot of people and there are a lot of women that shit on other women in this industry. And I got so sick of fucking fighting people and fucking having to yell at everybody all the goddamn time. So I was just like, you know what? Let me uh, let me start something and let me highlight the people who are being inclusive, who are promoting a community that's genuine, that's not fake, that's not, you know, shitting on you behind your back um, and stop fighting and highlighting through that these fucking other idiots that just can have a nice day and God bless you, you know? So, yeah. There's a there's a lot of people out there that are that have companies. There's a lot of people with brands. A lot of people that make music. Not all of it's good. Not all the people are great, and they're certainly not doing all the best things behind other people's backs. And those are not the people that we necessarily want to be aligning with in the industry. And so, big shout out to the people who do things yeah. right. Big shout out to the people who care about compliance and who care about protecting the patients, like myself, my mother, my grandmother, a number of other people in my family yeah. as well. So big shout out to people like you for doing what you do in the industry. I have a lot of respect. When I, the more I learned and found out about what you did, the more I dove in, uh, the more I realized how serious you took what you do, the more I began to appreciate that because Washington's been busted for pesticides and Eagle 20 stuff with labs falsifying. California has the other states. I don't see the press because I don't live there, but I'm sure it's happening in real time frequently. Yeah. And so for me, it's just really important that people like you exist and that these companies discover and invest money and pay you very well to do things <laughs> that is very important to customers and my community of fans, <laughs> smokers. Everybody watching this, if you owe her money, pay your motherfucking bills. Holla at me, pay your bills. I owe people money. And also to... Pay your no, come on, man. Big shout out. Big shout out to you, Jenny Beth, for, for everything that you contribute to this industry. Um, I hope I hope that uh, nothing but the best goes your way and for you and your clients and that you guys continue to see just nothing and more and more growth. Uh, in, in your words, more and more profitability. I like that word. We got it. We got to be getting more companies to care more about that kind of stuff uh, and, and realizing that 
you can make you can be profitable and you can make money but if you want profitability long term you got to build a brand you got to listen to the customers you got to listen to the community right. and people like Jenny Beth is there you you're tapped in I appreciate that you're in the streets I appreciate like that, that. And so, not everybody appreciates how thank you so much. I am. So thanks for appreciating. <laughs> not everybody appreciates how direct I am either. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, we care so much about certain things. We don't necessarily always know how to communicate it effectively. But one way or the other, <laughs> we will still be relentless. We will relentlessly pursue that 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 change at that point, that help can happen. And I feel like with cannabis, um, a lot of magic seems to happen around this plant. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. So, what a time to be alive. Magic. Thank you so much for being on your show. You enjoy the rest of your night with your beautiful pooch. There. <laughs> and um, I, hope, to do I hope you have a, uh, I hope you have a very wonderful week as well. Uh, this is Jay Ping here checking in from the North American Weed Tube podcast episode 12. We've got Jenny Beth here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We're that. out. You have a good night. Okay. Bye -bye. Later.